friends, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I invite you to join in our call to worship. We come seeking the presence of God. We sing in gratitude. We yearn for healing. We crave understanding. We dance in celebration. We lament what is broken. We trust what is promised. We come seeking the presence of God, and God never leaves us wanting. God's love working through us each day, let us also be transparent about our lives and about our living. Let us offer to God the truth as we pray. Gracious God, few of us misunderstand you all of the time, but all of us misunderstand you some of the time. Your thoughts on happiness and your perspective on heaven your ideas about giving, and your response to prayer. We confess that sometimes we think we know better. Forgive us our arrogance and our ignorance. Release us from the need to have all the answers and to hold all the control. Offer us the gift of trust yet again.
Beloved, God accepts you for who you are. God welcomes you just as you are. God meets you where you're at in this moment. God named you, God loves you, and you are made in God's image, and so is the person beside you. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so just as Christ shared words of peace with the people around him, let us do the same. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Please share the peace.
Welcome all of you once again to worship on this Lord's Day. Jesus assures us that where two or three or more are gathered, that surely he is with us, and so surely the Lord is in this place this day. Whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time member, you have made our time together better just by being here, and we thank you for that. It is our hope that every time anyone passes through those doors, that by the time you leave again, that you will be changed in some way, either comforted or challenged in your walk of faith. If you have not done so already and found those maroon pew pads on the ends of each pew and signed your name and let them go down and back again, um, If you see names you don't know, I encourage you to change that before you go home. As you're doing that, a few announcements to share with you all. A reminder that Memorial Sunday is November 3rd, and if you wish to submit any names to be included um, in print and verbally on that day, they are due to the church office by Tuesday, October 30th. So keep that in mind if you are hoping to have some names included. Today at 3 o'clock, the St. Andrew Music Society opens its 55th season with a concert. The details are in your bulletin, but do know that it does include our own Dr. Andrew Henderson. Tickets can be purchased at the door. This Friday, we have quite a bit going on. We have Fridays for Children, and that is followed immediately by our church family night, Halloween Bash. So all of you are invited. Come in costume if you are feeling brave, or come not in costume if you want to see those who are braver than you. In any case, we would love to see all of you. Um, While we're sort of on the subject of Halloween, uh, this is one of the days where we open our doors um, to anyone passing by. So when people are trick-or-treating, the staff, we are outside. Yes, we are in costume, uh, and we hand out candy. It is one of uh, the days where far more people interact with this church than do on any given Sunday. So it's an excellent chance for us to be present in the community. Last year, we went through way more candy than we thought we were going to and way faster than we thought we were going to. So if you would like to donate candy, we would be very grateful. Um, We do ask that it be nut-free so that we don't have to worry about allergies with the kids. Next Sunday officially begins our stewardship season. We will have a sermon series for the next several weeks called Come to the Table. And we will be inviting you to do in part what we do every week, which is to come to the Lord's table. But we are also encouraging you to come to the table that is Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church and to continue being involved if you have been, to find new ways of being involved if you have not been in the past, and then to um, also make a financial commitment as well. Be on the lookout for information in the mail. It is headed your way soon. And if you haven't yet, there are several fellowship gatherings still on the back. If you have not chosen one that works for you, Uh, please consider doing so. If you have any questions, you can find me after the service, and I would be glad to talk with you about that. At this time, we turn our attention to the Word of God. The 
The Old Testament lesson is from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 through 31, the familiar story of Jacob wrestling at Peniel. But first, let us join our hearts in prayer. Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may the Spirit of God rest upon us. Help us to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, in our believing, and in our living. Amen. The same night he got up and took his two wives and his two maids and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God, and with humans, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him, and he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip.
be seated. I invite the young people to come join me here at the font. Anyone up there want to come down? Be brave. No? Okay. Greta and Owen, I am very glad you're here. I have a question for you. It should be one that both of you can answer. What is prayer? How would you define prayer? When you're talking to God. When you're talking to God. Absolutely right. What's another way of praying? When you're listening to God? Do you ever just kind of sit and be quiet? And take some deep breaths? And say, okay, God, I'm here. Might not hear God say anything in words, but you might feel, oop, that's my microphone. You might feel God in your heart. So praying is talking to God. Pray is listening to God, being still. We can say our prayers out loud. We can say our prayers in our minds. What are some other ways that we pray besides talking and being still? Worshiping worshiping God. What did we just do? We just finished singing. Singing is a way to pray, right? Whenever we sing our hymns or other songs, it's a way to sing, to pray. Some people who love to dance, sometimes they... um, dance their prayers. Some people walk, do walking prayers. Like, you know when we've had the labyrinth set up, where you walk a windy path into the center and then go back out? That's a way of praying. So you can walk when you pray, you can sing, dance, or just sit very still or talk. So what what should we say when we pray? Hmm? Dear Lord, okay. What comes after dear Lord? Anything we want, right? Is it okay to be mad at God? Yes. You know, there are lots of times in the Bible when people were mad at God. It's okay if we're mad to be mad at God. It's okay to be sad with God. And of course it's okay to say thank you, God, and to be happy and joyful with God. Anything that's on our hearts or in our minds. God wants all of that. Because mostly prayer, as someone said this morning, William said this morning, that prayer is taking time for God. And that's what God wants more than anything, is for us to take time for God. Let's pray together. If you can pray after me, and we'll ask everybody to pray after us, okay? Dear God, dear God, thank you for giving us prayer. Thank you for giving us prayer so that we can talk to you so we can talk to you and listen for you and listen for you and know you are there and know you are there. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you both. Friends, our New Testament lesson comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. 
Then Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she will not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will grant justice quickly to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This story is at the heart of one of the most common and most honest questions I am asked. What's the point of prayer? And in an age where the phrase thoughts and prayers have become common currency, that question has only grown louder and more frequent. Now, what often happens is that when someone speaks of thoughts and prayers, a response now comes back that goes something like this. Never mind your thoughts and prayers. We want action and change. I wish we had not gotten into the habit of viewing those things as mutually exclusive. Because when evil in this world crops up, I want us to be a people who respond, who do everything in our power to make sure that whatever it is, it doesn't happen again. And at the very same time, when evil in this world crops up, I want us to be a people who do not hesitate to bring it to God and say, help, please. Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that same city, there was a widow who kept coming to him. Many of you know that I used to live in Kansas City. I remember with remarkable clarity waking up one day in February of 2017 and hearing the news that a hate crime had been committed just down the street from us in Olathe, Kansas, a place where a number of my church members lived. Serenivas Kujibotla and Alak Matasani were engineers working for Garmin. They considered it to be their dream job. They stopped to get a drink after work one day, when a gunman entered the bar, looked around the room, yelled, get out of my country, and opened fire. Both Kujibotla and Matasani were shot. Ian Grillet, a stranger to the two men, rushed in to help. He was shot as well. All three were taken to the hospital. Kujibotla died later that evening. 
His wife, Sunayana Dumala, when she was interviewed, she said she had asked her husband just a few weeks ago if maybe they should move to another country where they might be safer. And he assured her that they would be just fine. In the midst of her grief, Dumala made a demand of the government. She wants a response to this crime and others like it. I need an answer, she said. I need an answer for everyone out there, not just for my husband, but for everyone. All of those people who have experienced something like this. I need an answer, she said. Which sounds awfully familiar. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming and saying, Grant me justice. So here is some of what we know about the Gospel of Luke. While some of the other Gospels were written to Jewish communities, Luke seems to be written primarily to Gentiles, which is to say, non-Jews. It's a gospel that wants its readers to understand that God offers life and love, hope and salvation to Jews and Gentiles alike. It is a gospel written to include anyone who thinks they might be the ones left out. And as far as Luke is concerned, that includes not just the Gentiles, but anyone else at the fringes. Women and children, the poor and the broken and the stranger. It starts all the way back in the first chapter with the Magnificat, which is Mary's prayer to God celebrating that the hungry will be filled and the poor will not go wanting and the weak will be made strong. And that theme carries through the rest of the gospel And it is through the rest of that gospel that Jesus follows his mother's lead. He prays to God. In fact, by Luke's account, Jesus spends more time praying than he does anything else. The one who is justice incarnate, his most predominant action is prayer. This is incredibly instructive to me and helpful because I have to confess to you that even while a significant portion of my job is to be with you and pray with you and for you, there are moments when not being able to do more makes me feel rather powerless. Now, I don't mean something more like grabbing a scalpel and scrubbing it in on the surgery. That would benefit no one. I just often find myself wishing that my prayers could yield predictable and positive results. That's why I need this parable. There are some unhelpful ways to read it, interpretations that would suggest that if you don't get what you want, if every door doesn't eventually open for you, you are not faithful enough or you are not praying the right way. I suppose that there are some who think that's what it says, but that's not what it means. 
Because here's the thing. The widow in this story, she is lauded for her persistence. But persistence comes only when it's needed, when despite all of your best efforts, it's still not working out. And you only need encouragement to keep going when somebody else understands that you might be ready to give up. It's not in the text, but I suspect that the widow was met with an awful lot of silence for an awful long time. I suspect this champion prayer said a whole lot of prayers that got a whole lot of nothing in response. So if you hear nothing else today, hear this. If you are praying with all your might, and it feels like little more than talking into the wind, you're not doing it wrong. I promise. We aren't told the specifics of the widow's words because her words are not the important part of her prayer. She insisted on justice, which means she insisted that what was wrong be made right and that what was broken be made whole again. And that kind of prayer, that kind of determined and honest and urgent and faithful prayer can change anything. Even, sometimes, us. It wasn't all that long before the shooting in Olathe that I said goodbye to my friend Scott. And it was only five weeks before that that he was diagnosed with angiosarcoma. It's a cancer that is as aggressive as it is rare. And it was a situation that seemed to be as unfair as they come. Scott was a Presbyterian pastor, the very same age as me. He was married to Lara, his wife. Their first date was when they were 15 years old. Four small children completed their family. I'm not sure you need it. But if you want evidence that sometimes our prayers receive only silence in response, this is it. Despite the prayers of many, including hundreds of Presbyterian pastors, which is to say a whole bunch of professional prayers, his condition only worsened rapidly and painfully. During one of my less eloquent moments of prayer for my friend, I informed God, sometimes you make terrible choices. But despite having said that, not one fiber of my being believes that God chose for Scott, or anyone else for that matter, to get sick and suffer. Later... Lara admitted to me that her prayers started in that same place. But over time, she said, as she continued to pray, her prayers began to shift. We need a miracle became, we need pain management. Please, no intubation became, please, can we have just a few last words? 
give us as much time as possible became grant him a swift conclusion. Let us keep him here with us became let him go home to you. It was on February 13th that death reared its ugly head. Confused and intermittently unconscious, Scott still knew what mattered most. In their very last exchange, Lara asked him, who do you belong to? And despite everything that was happening and not happening in his body and in his mind, Scott said, I belong to God. Finding herself in that moment was not the answer Laura had prayed for, but it was the answer she needed, knowing that Scott knew, no matter what, he was going to be okay. Prayer can change us. It can change our hearts and our hopes because interacting with God in those most vulnerable moments, whether you are saying thank you or I hate you, prayer is the way we interact with God. It is one of the ways we look into the very face of God. And when we encounter the face of God, we see that we are made in God's image. We see something of our own reflection. And we cannot help but recognize the reflection of others, too. Even when we are praying our most individual and personal prayers, we are being pushed inevitably and irrevocably toward one another. To see ourselves in God's image is to see everyone else that way, too. And every week, we pray, Our Father, and those words alone bind us to one another. So maybe what we need to remember is rather than prayer yielding a desired outcome, prayer yields a divine connection. It is the way that we connect with God. I have no earthly idea what the mechanics of it look like, but maybe that is how it should be. Because prayer is the very stuff of heaven. It is the bright, shining threads that hold us together and connect us to God and bind us to each other. And I don't know about you, But if that was all that could be said for prayer, I would still find it well worth my while. I no longer remember who it was, but someone said a prayer is whatever words are uttered by someone who has realized that life is hard. Now this story today It's not about one persistent widow. It's about three. We don't hear her name in the scripture reading, but sometimes her name is Lara, and sometimes her name is Suniana Dumala. And I don't know what her name will be tomorrow, or the next week, or the week after that, but she, or he, or they, will be there. I do know that. 
C.S. Eliot once wrote that we are only undefeated because we go on trying. The entirety of scripture from Genesis to Revelation bears witness to the same through the grace of God. So keep trying. Keep knocking on the door until your hand is sore and your knuckles bleed. Keep demanding that what is broken be made whole and that what is wrong be made right. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing because connection with God is our first concern, our worthiest art, our best resource, and our deepest joy. It is our first defense and our last resort. Pray without ceasing because maybe, just maybe, prayer will brood over all of this disorder the very same way the Spirit once brooded over the deep and the void. And maybe, just maybe, it will change us enough. It will stitch us together with enough of that shimmering golden thread that we will indeed find ourselves able to summon forth a new world. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
seated. Friends, it is always a good day when we worship together, but it is an especially good day when we are able to welcome three new members and celebrate the sacrament of baptism. Now, some of these faces are new to us. Some of these faces are familiar. All of these faces are beloved by God. And so I invite those joining the church to come forward now. On behalf of the session, I present the following individuals. Lee Johnson and Bree Krause, joining by reaffirmation of faith, and Natasha Alarcon, joining by confession of faith and the sacrament of baptism. Recognizing that we join together in a tradition of shared faith and that none of us are called to be Christian alone, We invite everyone to stand in body or in spirit as we together affirm our faith, using words from the Apostles' Creed as printed in your bulletin. And so we say together, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated on the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We have just made a common declaration of faith, and now we invite Lee, Bree, and Natasha to make a declaration of their own by answering the following questions. Do you understand yourself to be a child of God and a recipient of God's love? Do you? Do you turn away from sin and evil, which seek to defy God's love? And do you renounce their power in this world? Do you? Do you turn toward Jesus Christ and trust in him as Lord and Savior? Do you? Relying on God's unshakable grace, will you be Christ's disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Will you? Once again, relying on God's unshakable grace, will you be a faithful member of this congregation, sharing in our worship, mission, and fellowship through your presence and your prayers, your service and your study, your gifts and your generosity? Will you? Elder Kate Beyer now has questions for the congregation. Will you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, guide and nurture Befriend and support these new members in word and deed with love and prayer? And will you encourage them to know and follow Christ and to be faithful, engaged members of Christ's church? If so, please say, we will. We will. Those are beautiful words, and now we are privileged to celebrate the beautiful sacrament of baptism. So, Natasha, take a step forward. Let us pray together. This water is ordinary, O Lord. It came straight from the tap. But in this water, you make extraordinary promises. 
It has always been this way with you and water. In the beginning, you called forth water out of the chaos and brought forth life. Out of the waters of the flood, you gave our clumsiness a second chance. Through the Red Sea, you led your people to freedom, and at a wedding celebration with six jars filled to the brim, you reminded us that extravagance and abundance and joy always have a place in your world. So pour out your spirit upon this water and upon us all, that we might have faith as we follow you, joy as we serve you, wisdom as we learn about you, and love as we tell about you. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Natasha, I baptize you in the name of the Father. of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Natasha, you are a child of the covenant, sealed by God's Holy Spirit, marked as Christ's own forever. May a blessing of God Almighty rest in your heart always. And so, Libri, Natasha, it is our delight to celebrate so much with you on this day. You, have, you are always welcome within the heart of God. It is a joy to welcome you more fully into our church, your church. Thanks be to God. Continue in prayer. God of grace and God of glory, we need you. We are compelled to pray even when we don't know the right words or even the right ideas. We are compelled to pray even when everything feels hopeless and all we can offer is a sigh. So no matter whether we are eloquent or stumbling, whether we are verbose or silent, God, please hear the joys and the concerns that beat within our hearts. We pray with gratitude for another new day, a day not promised to us, but a day that has arrived nevertheless, filled up with potential. And we pray with gratitude for those around us, those on our left and those on our right, those who remind us in the most tangible ways that we are not alone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray with gratitude and with petition for the people of this city, especially the ones we encounter each day. We pray for flower sellers and taxi drivers, for cashiers and construction workers. We pray for those who have much and those who have little, those who ride on subways and those who sleep on subway platforms. We pray hope and dignity for them all. We pray that a change would blow through this city and through their lives, and that we might be caught up in it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
And of course, O oh God, we pray for those in our own community who have shared their hurt. We pray for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one, including the family and friends of Rose Dotson, Barbara Torgerson, Allison Ramos, and Marianne Agnes Cox. In life and in death, we belong to you, O oh God. May that promise bring comfort and healing. Finally, we pray for everything and anything else we have carried in here with us on this day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Friends, all that we have and all that we are comes from God. Let us now return to God from our abundance.
This is Christ's table where all are welcome. In this meal, Christ offers us true hospitality, breaking down the walls that divide us and keep us apart, giving of himself and making us one, one with Christ and one with each other. So come to this table, whether you have been here often or not in a while, whether you have seen many years or only a few, whether you belong to this church or another church or no church, you are welcome here, because this is Christ's table, and Christ invites us all to meet him here. So come, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Indeed, gratitude lay upon our hearts, O God. In the beginning, you saw only goodness, diversifying the plants and animals, and creating your beloved creatures who would stand upright to scatter over the face of the earth. You did all of this to show that diversity is welcome in your world. Diversity brings goodness. Diversity shows all of who you are, O God. And so we give thanks for languages and dialects and the slang that develops. We give thanks for who we are attracted to and where our gifts are called to be used. We give thanks for the structure of families and the just as important, the structure of friendships. And we are grateful for your diversity, O God. For we are each made with your features, expressing them in our own unique way. And so with this gratitude settled in our hearts, we join our voices who forever sing to the glory of your holy name. Blessed is your Holy Son, who is so full of grace and truth that we cannot help but follow him. Born in the stillness of night, he knew the love of family and stranger alike. And then in humility and trust, he laid down his life to rise again, bringing with him life, love, and hope to a new world. And so with all this said, we give thanks and ask one more thing. That your spirit depend upon us and upon this table. That the ordinary bread we break and the cup we share become more. And so we join our voices together once more as we proclaim the mystery of faith. As we share one loaf and one cup, may we become one with the world. 
May we join our voices one last time, singing the prayer your Son taught us. Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, poured out for you, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it, as my remembrance. The Apostle Paul tells us that every time we eat this bread and share this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. These are holy things to make us holy, the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
Let us pray. Gracious God, in this bread and cup, you have nourished us with your presence. Renewed and strengthened, you send us out into this world to be the body of Christ. As Christ has welcomed us, may we welcome others. As Christ makes us one, may we work for reconciliation. As Christ makes us whole, may we mend what is broken. In Christ we pray. Amen. So may joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed and may you be a blessing. And may you rest well today, secure in the knowledge that the Lord of Light, who has brought you this far already, will lead you and countless others all the way home. Amen. Amen.